0: Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions, going head to head with counterpoint. 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 Here's Alex Pearson on Global News
1: Radio. We got two big brains for our last counterpoint of 2018. That would be Bob Richardson, Senior Counsel at Red National Public Relations. Hello. Oh, is he there? Hello, Bob. Whoop. Hello. How oh, are there you go. Put that pipe cleaner on your head. There uh, we go. And how Anthony Fury, who you can read in the SunPost Media. Hello there. Hello, hello. Big news year. Big news year, guys. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the big story, of course, with China. We're watching that one continue to uh, develop. And we learned today that Michael Kovrig, one of the Canadians kidnapped uh, in China, um, he's not being treated very well. Not only does he get questioned three times a day, every day, he also has to keep the lights on, I guess, wherever they're holding him, 24 hours a day. And we're learning tonight uh, that the uh, Prime Minister's office, certainly uh, Christopher Freeland, has condemned this um, arbitrary detention, which is odd wording, and asking them to be released. And then we get late word today, Huawei threatening that removing them from the 5G network will be catastrophic for Canada. So let me um, start with you here on this first, Anthony. Has Canada done the proper, you know, gone through the proper diplomatic uh, routes as far as, you know, are they doing this right or are they being too, too trusting?
2: There is no proper way to do this because there's no reciprocity with the Chinese government. When they decide they want something, they go and they get it. And what they decide they want is they they want us to submit on a whole bunch of different categories and they don't follow the rule of law and all of that. So that's what we're faced with here. I think the main people we should be negotiating with right now is the U.S. because they have not yet called for her to be extradited. I mean, they asked us to arrest her, but they have to file some formal paperwork to get her extradited. The diplomacy is we got to get on the phone to Trump, who's a wishy-washy guy, even if you like him or not, and say, "You damn well better order this extradition because this is we're playing hot potato right now. We got the potato in our lap. We don't want it. You guys get it. Because if this all dissipates and we've got her and the U.S. doesn't want to take her, that's the big problem. The two further takeaways." What that announcement of Huawei means, really? You're going to talk to us like that? That means when you get into our system yeah. and the government's saying that, the company's saying that, we can't trust you at all. The balls of it, the nerve of it, they are not getting into the 5G system. And, and you know, theres a, I found a CBC story from 2012, a former Nortel executive alleging that the cause of the downfall of Nortel was partially Huawei stealing Uh, All their intellectual property. So we've known about this stuff for a long time. I will add thirdly, I thought it was great Trudeau nixed the Acon deal. I thought it was really bad that Stephen Harper approved the Cenock-Nexon deal, and that might prove trouble in the years ahead. And I would, what I'm about to say, you know, Alex, I would never, ever, ever say in any other circumstance, if we ever have the opportunity to nationalize that project in Alberta we need to do it we need to get that out of their hands
1: no yeah, okay well there you go Bob it's a big political story it's got a big implications no matter what happens um, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure that Trump will be the guy to uh, help us out on this Pompeo came out today and demanded the release of these Canadians but at this point you know they have to be this woman has to be charged within the next six to seven weeks um, how does the Trudeau government handle it Oh, we're having all sorts of issues with your telephone. Hey, Bob, we're having a bit of it's issue. It's a Huawei though. phone. It's a wall. You got a Huawei phone. They've bugged it.
2: <laughs> you never know. Right. They turned we'll the we'll tap. See if we there you no. uh,
1: Let's see if we can get him back on the line on a better line. Oh, I think we're trying to call him again. Bob, uh, Bobby there? No. We'll try to get him again. Um, let's move on to the Andrew Scheer conversation. He blatantly came out today and said uh, Justin Trudeau is the most divisive prime minister in the history of Canada. Um, because he dismisses anyone who criticizes any facet of the uh, immigration system. Here here is Andrew Scheer now saying why he believes that Trudeau is so divisive. They get called Neanderthals. They get called un-Canadian. Bill Murnau called Visa rate a Neanderthal at committee, a publicized parliamentary committee. The frustrating thing for Conservatives is that it's not that we're debating the Liberal solution. It's not, that we're, it's not that they tried something that didn't work. It's not that they didn't like our idea. They're putting their own idea instead. It's that the Liberals have a, done actually nothing. They've done absolutely nothing. Mercedes Stevenson sat down with Trudeau and pushed him on this very issue. And Trudeau denies this, saying that the critics just don't want to support immigration. Bob, if we've got you now, I'll start with you on this. Um, Trudeau's position on this, does, uh, does it hold with you?
0: Well, number one, Andrew Shear on this issue, it's a little rich. Uh, his social media page has done nothing but viciously attack. Uh, Justin Trudeau, since the moment the man has been elected leader of the Conservative Party, uh, he's impugned his integrity, he's attacked him on, uh, uh, you know, for for his background and his family, and the list goes on and on. In fact, a Conservative senator in Saskatchewan this week, where Andrew Shear is from, even attacked him for a photo at Harrington Lake. So the last people who should be standing up, making these sort of uh, talking about who's divisive and who's this and who's that, are these clowns. So that would be point number one that I would make. Uh, on, on the issue of immigration, uh, these guys have gone and pushed a, a number of hot buttons. They have a number of points that are right, but they've also pushed the envelope a number of times to the point where they've actually gone and changed their social media because it was inappropriate and they got caught out. So, you know, clean up your own backyard Run your own affairs properly, uh, handle yourself appropriately. And once you've done that, come come back and then make criticisms of the other guy. And they haven't done that yet.
1: Okay. Mercedes Stevenson pushed him on this, uh, though, Anthony, and, and basically said, you know, it, 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 you can politicize this what you want. But the Canadian public also aren't happy with the situation with immigration and the crossings.
2: My jaw dropped a year ago when in the House of Commons in question period, Trudeau, uh, Andrew Scheer, pardon me, said to Trudeau, we've got these 60 returning ISIS fighters. What are you going to do about them? Are you going to prosecute them, et cetera? And Trudeau got up and he gave this high and mighty speech where he said, oh, you Harper conservatives on your Islamophobia, you're being Islam. And I, what the hell is this? I wrote a piece about it. Nobody else picked up on it. But really, he's asking about a legitimate question, terrorism, and you're accusing him of of Islamophobia. It is just surreal. And he's been doing that more and more now. And Trudeau is pretty much pledging, and he's been saying this in year-end interviews and at campaign fundraiser this is going to be the nastiest campaign ever. It's just, it's just going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. How do you know? Is this a self-fulfilling prophecy? Are you promising that you're going to make it nasty? And he says, I'm going to take the high road, unlike those xenophobic, Nazi, illiterate fools who can't add and blah, blah, Really? I mean, I think if you, if, if you go on about, there's fear-mongering, there's fear-mongering, there's fear-mongering everywhere, eventually that in itself is fear-mongering. And that's what Trudeau's doing right now, Alex. Well,
0: look, both need to go to their corners and probably dial it down. I think both do, but it's more than a little rich for Andrew Scheer and his little sidekick, Pierre Polyev, and then that, uh, you know, the lunatic senator from Saskatchewan batters and the rest of them who constantly heap scorn on this guy and constantly say things that are inappropriate that, that then turn around and do the woe is me routine. Give me a break.
2: They're not in the same category, Bob. Though the batter's thing, I, I I would not have made that comment. I don't think that was a good comment at all. But but sheer and Polly, they're not personally maligning. They're they're incessantly like the opposition does, and sometimes they're overshooting, saying you're failing on this file, you're failing on the extremism, you're failing on the uh, no, on the budget not, and so forth. You and but you know that's what the agree, opposition okay. does. They're just yeah. opposing nonstop. The, uh, you, you and I will agree to disagree on this one.
1: Well, but I'm not opposed to immigration. It is a fundamental yeah. part. We've got a, we had a very good system. I have a problem with those jumping the queue. I mean, we've just done two stories in the last two weeks on two families who have been here for seven years on refugee claims, they went all through the proper channels, they've done everything by the book, they're giving back, they've got jobs, they're getting kicked out, yet we've got all these people flowing in who aren't doing it by the rules. That's what I think most Canadians get upset about. So I don't think it's fair to not even be able to question it. I, I would like to see a plan. I mean, do you not think at this point, Bob, we have to see some kind of plan? I mean, they're paying people at that border point in Quebec money to put up with it.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And also from a City of Toronto perspective, 40% of our shelter beds are filled with refugees at the moment. It's a huge hit to City of Toronto taxpayers. We're supposed to be paid back by the federal government. And then the federal government takes forever to pay if they pay at all or they dick around. So, you know, so they need to get their act together on a number of points. And they need to give Canadians a better sense of what the game plan is. And I think that's a fair criticism. I also think it's a fair criticism to say, like, look, they inherit, regardless of which party was in power, this situation has been creative because of what's going on in the U.S. with the Trump administration. So it's not like they invented this problem. They've inherited it. They have to deal with it, though, and uh, they need to be clearer with Canadians on what their game plan is.
2: Alex, here's the big problem with the border situation right now, because the numbers are not huge. They're uh, 1,500 a month. They show no sign of going down. First of all, you want to deal with it when the numbers are not huge, before they get larger. The stuff in the U.S. Yeah, like when it's
1: really cold and people are not crossing as fast.
2: The stuff in Europe, I mean that's causing so so much social strife in, in in those regions. The other major problem, the difference between this intake of a asylum claimants, they're not refugees, they're refugee claimants, and the track record tells us about over 80% 80 of them are going to be rejected. The big problem with this, compared to the Syrian refugee intake or any other refugee intake, these are self-selected migrants. They are determining the volume, they are determining where they cross, they are determining when they cross. That's never how it's worked before. And one thing I reported on, which a few other people picked up on, there was a senior federal official, the Director General of of, uh, Refugee Processing, who spoke to Cornwall City Council, and he said to them publicly, and I'm sure he got his knuckles wrapped for saying this, that this is the new normal, and Canada will soon be experiencing European-style migration patterns.
0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
1: Bob is joining us, Anthony Fury. Uh, we learned today that the Federal uh, Finance Department will not uh, see a balanced budget until 2040. Uh, we were supposed to balance that in 2019. That doesn't seem to be happening. Um, if we hit a recession, I think folks might change their mind. But we are always told, Bob, that people don't care about deficits and it won't matter. Do you think this hurts uh, Trudeau in the re-election campaign?
0: I do. I think a lot of moderate centrist liberals like myself, people who maybe be Kretchen Martin era folks, uh, were proud of the Liberal Party because it balanced uh, cause it balanced mm-hmm. the books Uh, It lowered our debt-to-GDP ratio, and it kind of led the G7 on the the fiscal financial front. We are nowhere on that file right now. We're doing a number of other files, I think, well. But on this file, I think we're performing poorly. And uh, to suggest that we're going to have deficits to 2040 is ridiculous. Uh, We can't afford to do that. And I think we need to be realistically taking a look at spending. When was the last time we heard the president of the Treasury Board say that he was cutting spending anywhere? Mm. I haven't heard that, I don't think, in three years. So, you know, I think we need to get serious on uh, on the spending side, I also think we need to take a look at revenue. We probably need to increase at some point or other the GST by two points, mm. bringing it back up to where it was in the Harper. That's me speaking as an independent, not on behalf of. The <laughs>
1: why why rate. would we want more taxes? I mean, we pay well, enough. You know
0: because because it was irresponsible to do what they did at that time, which was uh, cut taxes. And not cut spending. I'd rather cut pop- back
1: on the public service, Frank. Frankly, and pile up
0: 157 billion dollars in, uh, in in debt debt. So that was irresponsible. Then it's irresponsible now, and we need to get a handle on this.
2: So, Alex, last year when one of these reports first came out in in 2017, January 2017, they buried the report uh, the day before the Christmas break dropped and no reporter noticed it. I broke the news uh, January 2017 and they were projecting then deficits until the 2050s. It's Mm. slightly downgraded. And what the report basically says, if we continue on the path we're on right now, the sort of assumptions that Bill Murnau has made thus far, that's what's going to give us these deficits until 2050. Plus, we're going to cross a trillion dollars in debt by about 2030. And there's a remarkable line uh, in the 2017 edition, it said, This puts at risk the fiscal sustainability of the federal government. I was like, What? And I read it again and I even called an economist. I'm like, I, I read government documents a lot. I, I have been speaking English for a number of decades. Like, this seems to me it's saying the government will, will like collapse and be insolvent if they keep doing that. And they're like, Yep. Yeah. That's what this says. So that is how severe uh, this track record situation is. Angus uh, Reid year-end poll, everyone's talking about how it says Trudeau's popularity has been declining, Mm. and and he's dropped precipitously. That's an interesting point. The other interesting point is for the first time ever, Canadians have picked debt and government spending as their number one issue. It's usually the economy. That's what James Carville said. It's the economy, stupid. And it usually has been in every poll. For the first time ever, Alex, Canadians picked this as their primary issue. Yeah.
0: And how did the Ontario Liberal Party end up at seven seats? Mm, half yeah. of the party walked away. And the half of the party mm. that tended to walk away were moderate centrists yeah. who just thought there was too much spending, too many programs, and too much overreach by government. Yeah. So there's a lesson there, and it's the canary in the coal mine, and these guys better 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 figure that out.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, if you listen to the talk, and you didn't hear from the Bank of Canada, uh, Governor, and he wouldn't say this, Uh, But you're hearing it from enough economists that 2019 we are expecting either a debt bomb to go off or a recession. And, and, you know, that could be very scary. Um, I'll throw this in, though, because Trudeau also in his year-ender was asked by Mercedes Stevenson about uh, Western alienation, um, to which Trudeau said it's not a thing. It's being exploited by the opposition. Um, I don't know if we have the audio of that. I mean, Alberta's in an awful lot of trouble, Anthony. You know, they're having rallies by the day. If you know Alberta at all, this is not in their nature to have these protests. But um, I don't think it's a political thing. This is not something to be exploited.
2: Look... If it's a something being exploited by politicians, if Jason Kenney said, we're going to do an anti-Trudeau rally, mm. he'd probably he'd get the staffers out, the writing association people, and then about 100 other people via Facebook. So we'd have a few hundred people and they'd show up for 90 minutes and then they'd go home and you could tell the signs would have been made by the party. You don't get a 22 kilometer long truck convoy yeah. just south of Edmonton as something that's fabricated by Andrew Scheer or Jason Kenney. That's a sort of sort of popular movement that Andrew Scheer tries to jump on and ride on the coattails on. Which which he did, uh, you know, walking down the street yeah. to try and uh, join No, this is this is very raw, and this is not one of those things. It's not like a the anger that comes from a two day news story, a one week thing that we forget about. This is the anger people feel when they feel like their livelihood is being threatened by well, government policy. When Trudeau said last year, uh, we need to look at phasing out the oil sands. We also, oh, what does he mean by that? I wonder. He he meant it. That's all <laughs> it is. He just he spoke in English and he meant it.
1: Yeah. Well, look, they just gave a, a, a you know buck six. Uh, in, in, in financing. That's not what they want, Bob. They want pipeline built. And then, you know, we're, we're well on our way to, to making some money.
0: Look, okay, everybody wants to get pipeline yeah. built. I want to get pipeline built. Uh, a lot of people do, but there are processes that need to be done that you need to go through. But
1: they're the making it good. harder with Bill C sixty nine. Like they, if they wanted to help, they could get that Eagle Spirit pipeline. I mean, there's so many things.
0: The, the geniuses that preceded them for ten years didn't get a foot of pipeline built. Well, they got the
1: Northern, Northern Gateway approved, and, and then it got and canceled,
0: got, and and they got it thrown out of court too, mm. as well. So it's it's a little bit tougher. But I will say, I think the Trudeau government's been tone deaf on this yeah. issue. There should have been uh, front and centre in Mornos' economic update. Yeah. We need to name a Canadian pipeline commissioner. You know mm. who I think it should be? Jim Dinning from Alberta. Mm. He's probably the best premier they never had in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, competent guy, well-liked in the business community. They could
1: appoint Brad wall, wall to it. State. You know? yeah, yeah, a Brad Wall. Yeah, Christy Clark got yep. stuff done in BC. Get, Martha, get Christy Martha Christy Finley, you could appoint if they want to point. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know there are people out there who are smart, good, understand public policy, get business, who who have actually negotiated also uh, with uh, with the uh, with the native community and uh, successively done so. Let's get some of those people engaged on the issue. I just think we're being too cavalier, too slow. And, and we, need to be, uh, we need to be more front and center and aggressive on the issue. I think that is a fair uh, criticism of the Trudeau government on this. I think some of the criticism aren't. I think Jason Kenney, um, um, you know, Mr. Amnesia, who has forgotten that he was in Ottawa for 18 years and did dick in <laughs> Ottawa to get anything accomplished for Alberta, um, uh, you know, is out there leading the band on this as though this all happened in the last 36 months. So, you know, there's truth on both sides of this issue. Trudeau guys could be more aggressive. They could put it more front and center. And we could have a little bit more honesty from Jason Kenney, from Andrew Shear, and from the Conservatives who ran uh, Alberta for the last 40 years
1: will agree to disagree, Bob. Uh, I just I don't have a lot of time for this last one, but I did want your opinions on this because after the whole data of the taking your personal banking information, Stats Canada now saying that 250 thousand Canadian households will be asked some very personal questions, and they're making it clear that you have to answer the questions. So they've invoked this little power in their act to declare that when they come out with these questions. On things like your gender, uh, your private things about your sexuality, and that—that that you have to do that—and I think it's a huge overreach. Uh, I'll give you one comment on this.
2: Well, well, yeah. The, the long form mandatory senti- uh, census—it it was previously punishable by uh, by by you know jail if it needed to be. And then Stephen Harper said that, and there's a big controversy. And that was saying about getting basic information about you know numbers in the family and so forth, composition. This goes further than that, and you're right to tee it up saying after the banking fiasco, because when you look at it, maybe if this story just came on its own, you go, Kayla, Let's take a moment to think about this. You pile it on and all these things these guys are doing man, these are a bunch of creeps. These are a bunch of busybodies. Like, back off. And I, and I think uh, there needs to be a serious national conversation about Statistics Canada's mandate because yeah. there seems to be a bit of mission creep going on.
1: One of the things, Bob, in this is that you have to put your name on it. And if you're a transgender or your sexuality is private to you, let's say you're gay and you don't talk about it, and you have to put that down and then it comes out, that to me is a real pervasion of privacy. I mean, people should not have to disclose that stuff.
0: I I agree with you 100%. This has got an Ottawa knows best feel to it, and uh, that's uh, that's not good. And the other thing is, what happened to government when they're introducing new things that they tell us they're introducing new things? (laughs) They tell us why they're introducing it. They tell us what the time frame is what the purpose is for it, and then they ask us to participate, as opposed to saying, oh, geez, we've got some obscure provision in our laws and we can toss you in jail if you don't fill out these forms. My answer is uh begins with f and and uh <laughs> second word i will leave out when i hear that from these yeah. when when i hear that from these folks because i i, I don't necessarily want to want to tell people uh everything about my life and i'm sure there's a million other people who, do, who feel exactly the same and you never know where the data is going to go and government has shown that they're not particularly good at keeping data any government yep so, uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of this at
1: all. All right. Well, we agree to agree on some things. Guys, I've got to leave it there. Can't thank you enough for uh, joining me and being a part of this show, uh, giving your time, and I wish you both the merriest of Christmases. Thanks, Alex. And Merry Christmas to you, Anthony, too. Thank Same you. to
2: you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you guys and the listeners.
1: We'll be back in 2019 with Anthony Fury and Bob Richardson.
2: You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News
0: Radio.